Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. A compromise this week will change the St. Joseph County landscape for the primary election in just two months. The county council and commission reached a deal on a new county election map. The Democratic and Republican-controlled government bodies were able to decide on a redrawn map after months of litigation. Council members say it was a struggle to meet the legal requirements and appease personal concerns, but both sides are satisfied. Council member Corey Nolan says the newly redistricted map spreads out racial minorities more evenly among each district, an issue that was brought up in a previous version of the maps. But the real compromise, Nolan said, is having the Democrat-controlled county council come together with the Republican Board of Commissioners. Depending upon who you talk to, they may say that uh, different maps all along through this whole process has have been skewed one way or the other. But I think it's pretty evident that if you look at any prediction on this map here, it's as competitive as it can possibly be. When the maps were originally redrawn late last year, three council members were drawn out of their districts. That's no longer the case. There are no sitting council members, including brand new Mr. Fig. He's actually in his in F district. So everybody is in the same letter district that they were before. Even with an agreed upon map, both sides had to give up some boundary lines. What do you think you had to compromise to get to this map? Just enough. Maps are as fair as they probably could get under the circumstances and the guidelines you have to go by to draw the maps. The agreement also allows candidates to refile for election. Nolan says candidates who've already filed and are still in the same district based on the new map do not need to refile. Those who plan to refile need to do it by Friday at noon. It is a very tight time frame to get done. It's only two days to get it done. I wish it it was able to be longer. The settlement is scheduled to be approved by a judge in Elkhart County where the lawsuit was moved. Council President Raphael Morton says he's, quote, relieved that the litigation is almost over. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. The new CDC face mask recommendations are divided into three categories of mask recommendations, low, medium, and high. Low-impact areas have no recommendation for a mask in indoor and outdoor areas. Medium-impact areas, the CDC says... If at potential increased risk for COVID-19, people should speak to their health care provider about wearing a mask. High-impact areas wear a mask in public indoor settings, including schools. Our local area is currently in the medium category. According to the CDC, anyone living in those medium impact areas who are potentially at an increased risk for COVID-19 should speak to their doctor about still wearing a mask. All three levels of mask recommendations have two things in common. The CDC says to get vaccinated and boosted and to get tested if you are sick. According to the CDC map, St. Joseph County is at a medium risk, so they recommend to speak with your health care provider to wear a mask. The new mask recommendations comes at a time where COVID positivity cases are going down. We're clearly on the backside of the Omicron surge. Our number of new cases you know, per day or per week are the lowest they've been since last summer at the end of July. 
Berrien County is still considered a high-risk area where the CDC recommends to wear a mask in public indoor settings, including schools. And obviously, this, this um, graphic that just went out shows us in the high category. Um, our hospital is seeing um, very, very low rates of COVID-19 admissions, um, where the peak of the pandemic, they had upwards of 80 people in the hospital with a positive COVID-19 test. And recently, they, they have about 14 uh, across their three sites, which is which is looking very optimistic. The CDC is using information from local hospitals in your community to base their recommendations. They're using new admissions for COVID to area hospitals as kind of the marker of that. That number is reliable. It's just harder for you and me to know what that number is. So it's not as transparent in some respects as the other metrics have been. Now, the local health, health officials I spoke with told me if you are in a low or medium risk category, you should still base the decision on wearing a mask on your current health. WSVT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. The Balgo Community School Board voted this week to give Mike Hosinski his full retirement benefits. District officials originally said Hosinski no longer worked for the school. They later clarified that he was not fired, but requested that his retirement begin immediately. The board unanimously approved moving up his retirement after video surfaced of Hosinski striking a student in the face. He had originally planned to retire at the end of the current school year. Cheers and applause. That was the reaction when the Bago School Board voted in favor of Mike Hosinski's early retirement. Hosinski has been a teacher at Bago for 40 years, shocking many when video of him striking a student was released. It's tough. I mean, it's hard to agree with something like that, especially I guess it's because maybe I shouldn't be talking because I really think I'm I think he's just a wonderful person. Terry Hilliard had good things to say about Hosinski's character. While he doesn't agree with Hosinski's actions, he suspects something happened leading up to what was caught on video. That's a friend of mine. And for something like that to happen, there had to have been something uh, that was going on that would have caused that person to just snap. Some attendees blame school leaders for years of lax discipline. Many that spoke at the meeting say the incident could have been prevented with stronger discipline guidelines. Some saying Hosinski was pushed into taking discipline into his own hands. When a kid is not held accountable for their actions, they feel it stays that way forever. When they become an adult, what's the first thing that's going to happen? They're going to get in trouble, go to jail, and they'll think, why? Who would have ever said Mike Hosinski is going to lay his hands on a kid? Nobody, not anybody. And this falls on the lap of the superintendent and the principal because they make the whole machine run. The Elkhart County Sheriff's Office and Department of Child Services are investigating the incident. A spokesperson for the Elkhart County Prosecutor's Office says the Sheriff's Office has not sent over its investigation yet. WSBT 22's Paige Barnes reporting. Among the ways local businesses are supporting Ukraine against the Russian invasion are liquor stores pulling Russian imports off their shelves. Here at Blarney Stone Wine and Spirits in South Bend, the owner sent an email to his employees saying to remove all Russian liquor from the shelves. An email saying, in order to help Ukraine and follow the orders from our governor, all of Blarney Stone Wine and Spirits liquor stores will boycott and stop selling Russian liquor products. We'll be taking that where we're taking it we will be taking off the shelf, like um, the Russian vodka, you know, pretty much um, take it off the shelf to not to sell it. 
um, going forward. Russia supplies about 1% of total vodka imports in the U.S. While removing it from shelves is a small step, it's a step local businesses can take. With the Blarney Stone is not the big, uh, big compared to the rest of the world or the Russian economy, but whatever the little bit we can do to help the cause. He believes the best action at this point is to hurt Russia's economy, helping the cause instead of causing a fight. Uh, so the way I think the rest of the world is doing is the smart thing. We're cutting the ties with the Russian and trying to hurt their economy. Blarney's isn't the only local business cutting off ties. Spartan Nash-owned grocery stores, including all Martin supermarkets, also pulled Russian vodka off their shelves. This is pretty much a little bit uh, uh, help we can help Ukrainian, right? Uh, just to kind of show our support as uh, U.S. businesses, right? Uh, U.S. government, U.S. businesses to be on their side to help them indirectly, whatever we can, right? So this will be little cause we are adding to that, right? Now, they are not removing all liquor. That's uh, businesses like here at Blarney Stone. But they are removing liquor imported from Russia. These products, at least here at Blarney Stone, will not be sold and instead will be thrown out. WSBT 22's Taylor Gattoni reporting. A preliminary injunction from a Berrien County judge is a win and a loss, according to a home nursing agency. A longtime client's insurance reimbursements changed with Michigan's auto insurance reform legislation that passed in 2019. Auto owners insurance only has to pay Kira Ogburn's home nursing agency 55% of what it paid for her care in January 2019. Now for years it wasn't an issue paying for her nursing expenses. But this injunction gives Ogburn's family and the nursing agency some relief. 27-year-old Kiara Kiki Ogburn was hit by two cars 10 years ago and is now paralyzed and nonverbal, requiring skilled care around the clock. According to the judge's injunction, auto owners insurance will have to provide coverage through July 1st. After that, private duty home health care owner Lori Costanza says they'll have to figure out how Ogburn will get the care she needs. We're, we're going to be faced with what should we do? Um, from a business standpoint, and what should we do um, as a person who cares about our patients? Since July 2021, private duty is down more than $150,000 in care and legal fees for Ogburn. They've been with her for years, and they're not giving up now. Legislators, by and large, have told us that the law was not supposed to affect the benefits for anybody injured before the law was passed in 2019. That um, was a lie. Ogburn's grandmother and caretaker Josephine Wooden is still processing the judge's decision and is afraid of possibly sending her to a hospital or nursing home in July. Quote, if Kiki is not here, she's going to be someplace where there's going to be 19 other people. All you got to do is walk in and look at her and know she doesn't need to share a nurse with any bunch of people. She's asking legislators to rethink the auto insurance reform, saying, quote, they all have families. They all have children themselves. If they don't have children, they have children in their lives. And I know that every one of them would want more for Kiki. The nursing agency says they have clients and know of other clients throughout the state of Michigan dealing with the same problem. And they say they're speaking with legislators in hopes of amending Michigan's auto reform. WSBT 22's Erica Finke reporting. Granger Democrat Joe Donnelly is about to head to Europe for the U.S. government. Last week, Vice President Harris swore him in as the new U.S. ambassador to the Holy See. 
WSBT 22's Bob Montgomery sat down with a former congressman and senator to talk about his new position in the diplomatic corps and how diplomacy is being tested in Ukraine. Three years after he lost a Senate re-election bid to Republican Mike Braun, Donnelly is back in public service. So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. Thank you Ambassador. So much. Thank Congratulations. You very, very much. After being out of Washington politics for three years, Joe Donnelly is back, this time as a U.S. ambassador. This Roman Catholic who attended a Catholic university in Notre Dame calls it an incredible honor. I'm a second-generation immigrant, and so um, my brother and I were the first in our family to, to ever go to college. And, uh, you know, our faith was always a big part of our family, but to, uh, I go there as a representative of the United States. During our discussion about his new role, the war in Ukraine was a central focus. How do you envision your role as an ambassador for the United States to the pontiff and the Holy See? Well, I will represent our country and our values. And um, I'll be working, especially in particular, with human rights issues. Um, I expect that we'll be significantly involved in the refugees coming from Ukraine right now in trying to and is deeply involved in helping Ukraine. The, um, the Vatican is deeply involved in helping Ukraine, as is the United States. So um, we'll be playing a role in that. Do you feel is there is any way at this point for diplomacy to bring an end to what we're seeing? I'm very hopeful this can get done. Obviously, there are things I can't go into, um, but there's no reason we shouldn't be able to if, if everybody's willing to try. And, and of course, that comes down to the person you just mentioned. So do you feel from your knowing Vladimir Putin, perhaps not on a, on a personal level, but based upon all the information you received in, in confidential briefings and, and uh, along those lines, that Vladimir Putin is today a person they can deal with? You always have hope. I'll leave it at that. Do you think he has changed? Um, you know, I can't talk about that. We have had a lot of talk out of Washington, really across the Western world, about sanctions and, and the bite that the sanctions are taking already and how much farther we can go. Does the United States, does the Western world have any more ammunition on the sanctions side to go against Russia to bring this thing to a fruition where Putin says, I can't go that far? There's always more things that can be done. Um, and I think you'll see that continue. What um, you look, I don't know if they opened it today, but the Russian stock exchange hasn't been open the entire week. Um, the largest state-owned bank in Russia went from a value of $101 billion last week to $1 billion. 99.9% .9 of its value is gone. And this is happening across the board to their oligarchs. And um, those are the people who have Putin's ears in Russia. Donnelly says no one really knows beyond speculation what Putin's ultimate goal is, only that the Russian leader has miscalculated all along the way. WSBT 22's Bob Montgomery. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 